0: Quick throw left side, has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown
1: Houston. There is no off season for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now it's Texans All Access.
2: What's up everybody? Welcome in. Thursday night edition, a beautiful Thursday night, hopefully You guys are out and about, driving somewhere, driving to get in the park. Maybe you're listening to us on the Radio.com app or through a Texans app. But either way, glad you are with me. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. You'll be joined by Mark Vandermeer later in the show. But joining me right off the top is the General, the Hall of Famer, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. General, how are you doing this evening? John, I'm
3: doing well. I hope you are, too.
2: Well, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, pretty well. And uh, I'm gonna say right out of the shoot, we've got a lot, a lot to get to. Right out of the shoot, I said this last night with the legal situation that's going on with Sean Watson. That's not something that, that any of us, the Texans, have put out statements. That's kind of the philosophy we're following as well. Actually, required to follow. So we're not really going to be discussing that situation. Um, You can listen to our guys on Sports Radio 610. I think they've done a nice job kind of encapsulating all that goes on. But we are going to talk football in general. We talked to you last Thursday. We were heading into free agency. I don't know. We were four or five days away. Just in general, did you see any of what the Texans were doing with the two big moves over the weekend and then about 25 different signings that they've had? I didn't expect to see such a flurry of activity. Did you think this was going to happen?
3: No. I don't know anybody who could expect expected Nick Casario to make so many deals. He's the contract negotiator, as he was in New England. He is wisely signing guys for one- or two-year deals. He is uh, Now, one thing that surprised me, I thought he would work hard to get as many compensatory picks in 2022 as possible but he's signed a lot of players who will fit into the compensatory formula depending on if they make the team, how they play, what the contract is. And I, I like the way he's gone about it, John. He's not blowing money on a player that might be used up uh, by the time they're good again. I had a station in uh, Carolina call me and saying, man, they'll trade Christian McCaffrey. I said, wait a minute. Why would the Texans want McCaffrey? He he catches, he runs, he's going to get beaten up for a couple of years, and this is a rebuild. It is. Nobody likes to use the R word, but that's what it is. Be honest about it. You can tell by the moves that Nick Casario is making that he considers this a rebuild. He's He's added depth. He's added competition. Some of these guys may start. He's really helped special teams that were already good and not just with Andre Roberts, a premier return guy, but with guys who can cover kicks, and that was a strength anyway. I was really surprised when he cut Brian Anger because I think Anger has been tremendous in his two seasons here. But uh, I, 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 they've he's signed so many players, I can't keep up with all of them. And I thought at one point, John, I think I said on six ten, I expected by the time the fifty-three man roster was set the first week of September, more than 50% of the roster would be uh, transformed. And ordinarily it's about 40%. And now I'm thinking it could be 60 to 65% because there's more of free agency. There's the second wave and the third wave when here's the minimum, take it or don't play. So Casario's going to sign more right now. He has eight draft choices. You know, based on the way they operate in New England, he's operating on that the same way here. Get guys you think you get for good value. And that's what they've done. So, man, you talk about not telling the players without a program. Texas ought to be able to sell a lot of programs next season to keep up with all these new players on the roster.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And the two that – Obviously, and, and, General, we have not, the Texans have not announced this, but it's out there. Um, it's been, you know, we give it the according to sources um, uh, notification, if you will, because it hasn't, you know, uh, physicals have to be passed, et cetera. But the two moves to me that actually happened, I think they happened on the same day, and it started before the, the legal tampering period, and that those are the two trades. General, want to go there, Shaq Lawson – I think being traded for Bernardrick McKinney, I don't want to say you know stroke a genius or anything like that, but I didn't think that Bernardrick was coming back for this team in 2021. I was surprised not only that they got something for Bernardrick McKinney, but they actually got a player, a young player with still some upside, at a key position like four three defensive end that sets the edge against the run and can rush the quarterback. What do you think and what do you make of the deal for Bernardrick McKinney to get Shaq Lawson in return?
3: Well, Bernardrick did not fit. Lovey's just 4-3 defense. The middle linebacker's got a drop in cover. Can do that. Looks like they're not going to re-sign Terrell Adams. Right now, I think Christian Kirksey and maybe Whitney Merciless. If you had to pencil in starters right now with Cunningham, that would be it with, I'm guessing, Lawson. Uh, Menehue, Hall, and Blacklock as a starting lineman, assuming Blacklock steps up in the 4-3. I remember late last season when we were talking to Romeo Cornell about Blacklock, who had a very disappointing rookie season, he mentioned some, one time about the system kind of, well, I think what he meant doesn't fit what he does best. Right. It's what they played and it's what fit the others. So now in a system where you get off the ball and get up the field, and the fact he's going into his second season when a lot of rookies make big big improvement, I think it could be ideal for him. And Lawson was more suited for a 4-3 defensive end on the weak side than he was playing outside linebacker at Miami and dropping sometimes. Now, he's almost 270 pounds. It's hard to run and cover. And when you're 270 pounds, so getting Bernardrick, And I thought, I didn't know if they would cut him or if they'd redo his contract, but it would have been a tough fit. The only way they could have kept him is it's say they want to move Cunningham to the weak side, outside linebacker, where you got to run and cover and uh, leave Bernardrick in the middle. And we all know his strength was against the run. Yep. And one thing I've heard about Shaq Lawson, he plays a run hard. And we all know that run defense needs to improve after being the worst in franchise history and the worst in the NFL, which is one reason they're changing as much as they are because on defense, they only got one way to go. So I like that trade a lot. And only time will tell if it's a good one after the season. Shaq
2: Lawson added at defensive end, Vincent Taylor, Malik Collins added at defensive tackle, John, I still don't think that's enough on the defensive line. I think in the draft they'll definitely look to potentially add even more size in the middle to help against that run. I still think losing, losing DJ Reader is, is a killer uh, from two years ago or from 2019. The other trade that was made, John, this one becomes really, really interesting to me. First of all, I was a huge Marcus Cannon fan when he was coming out of TCU. I loved the guy. He is traded for the, the, the deal is I think a swap of fourth and fifth round picks and then a sixth round pick. I don't know. The the key thing is Marcus Cannon's coming to Houston to be part of this offensive line. He opted out of twenty twenty. He's a cancer survivor. He's thirty-three years old, but he had a full year of not taking eight hundred to nine hundred car crashes uh throughout an entire calendar year. Now, there's Laramie Tunsell, there's Titus Howard. Cannon played right tackle where Howard is right now. The Texans do have a need inside at guard after signing Justin Britt, then releasing Zach Fulton. All that goes together. John, how would you say the Texans are going to configure that line for 2021?
3: Nick Casario was there. He was a personnel director when he was drafted, and he beat cancer early in his career. He was a rookie out of TCU in 2000. 11, but he's been a right tackle. I looked it up. He played guard once did not play well. They moved him to right tackle right. Now, at this stage of his career. Maybe he could slide back inside and it would be an easier transition. But as you mentioned, John, having that season off and they say he's worked like crazy and he's a big guy. Yeah. You know, he's six, six. And I don't know what he, nobody has any idea what he weighs right now and, and except the Texans will when he passes the physical, but, um, uh, just adding the competition in the offensive line is good. They've got some big guys. You know, there's, uh, I think, if you look at some of the guys on this team, they do have some talent. Offensive tackles are one. Zach Cunningham's another one. I'm not sure what they think about Max Sharping, who was impressive. His rookie did not play well last season. They're banking on Justin Britt coming back from a knee injury, but they've got to have more depth in the line. You're talking about defensive line. They're not through. I mean, there's a lot of free agents still out there. Uh, Nick Casario is going to sign more and then he's going to draft them. It's almost like, you know, get the free agents, get more free agents. You don't have to pay much for these guys. Agents are smart. Most guys are not going to break the bank with a salary cap that has fallen as much as it has best to try to do it next year when it goes back up, really over the next two years. So I think Cannon was a really good addition. Didn't cost him a player. And I'm eager to see what Casario's doing. I'm really confident that he can be the architect of this rebuild. It's not gonna happen in one off season. It's not gonna happen in two off seasons. And but it's sure interesting. There's a revolving door over there and it is spinning so fast. You better not get hit in the butt when you go through it.
2: I remember when the Seahawks John won the Super Bowl, and every year NFL Network does America's Game, you know, recapping basically an hour documentary talking about that team. And for some teams, they go back a little bit in history to kind of tell the story of that team. They need to go back a few years, and when Pete Carroll got there in 2010 to Seattle with John Schneider at that point as GM, they set the record for the most transactions. In a particular year. And essentially, what they were doing was churning the bottom of the roster, essentially, trying to find the right mix of guys that were going to end up making that roster. And then that churn sort of stopped once they found the right mix, added Russell Wilson to it, they ended up winning Super Bowls. And I always think about that team in particular out in Seattle uh, that had all those transactions. Look, well, these transactions lead to a Super Bowl in 2021 for the Texans. Boy, I'd love it, but I don't think that's. It is the goal, but I don't know that's where this is going to lead at least this year. Down the road, could it? Sure, but you need a few drafts. Um, you need a few other pieces, and obviously when the salary cap does go up, hopefully you'll be in a good salary cap position to be able to make some moves when that does come to fruition. John, you mentioned Andre Roberts. He's one of the signings. You have Malik Collins. Uh, he was another defensive tackle that was added to the mix. Is there a signing or two, John, to you in your opinion, that sort of stood out to you, like, "Whoa, I kind of like what they're doing with these decisions right here, with those signings of the free agents that they've signed through today."
3: Um, who is the guy that started for Washington last year? Oh, KPL He's the linebacker
2: Kevin Pierre Louis, yeah.
3: and yeah, he started. I could see him uh, competing for a starting job. Uh, Terrence Brooks, the safety. Uh, If if Malik Collins played the way he did in his best years with the Cowboys, yes, they're taking chances on guys. And Casario knows they're not all going to make it. He and the personnel people know I'm guessing if half of them made the team, that would be good because it hasn't cost them too much money. And it's worth the risk of signing so many guys because you need so many help, so much help, especially on defense. And so – Something I'm curious about, you know, uh, if they thought – now, I'm not talking about the legal issues with Watson, but if they thought there was a chance Watson would be back here as a player and they weren't going to trade him, they get rid of Will Fuller, Darren Fells, his go-to receiver in the red zone, and Nick Martin, his good friend, who is his center. So that's three guys Watson was close to. And uh, so – All of them have to be replaced in one way or another. So the tight ends, and I know they made that trade, you know, and this is the way it was with Gary Kishbiak and people complained. He's bringing in too many guys from Denver. Now they're going to complain because Sario's bringing in too many guys from new England. And, but we got to give them a chance. But the, the player that we've been fascinated about for two years flashed just a little last year, well, this could help Kahali Waring get more opportunities because they brought back Pharaoh Brown, who I thought in the role he played, doing different yeah. things, he was a terrific addition. And everybody thinks Bill O'Brien made nothing but bad moves, and he did make some bad moves, but he made some good ones as well. And I like Pharaoh Brown, and everybody loves Jordan Akins. Last year when the trading deadline came, they had more people calling about Jordan Aikens than any player on the team. Wisely, Jack Easterby, who was the interim GM, he didn't make that deal. He kept Jordan Aikens. And I think that's going to pay off, and he's going to get more opportunities. But right now they have four. Maybe they'll cut wearing. We don't know what Casario thought about him when he was available in the draft, and Casario scouted him thoroughly. Maybe he liked him a lot. But that's one of the that's of the tight ends. That's the one I'm most intrigued by, and I will say that he might get cut tomorrow. But <laughs> there have been so many yeah. free agents that he's signed. I can't keep I can't keep track of them.
2: In fact, one was just signed. And John, if you asked me that same question, I asked you, "Hey, which of these signings would you be uh, would you be happiest with?"
3: Desmond I think it's the King.
2: one. Yeah, the Desmond King signing. I mean, from a standpoint of. When you look around the league now, and you just look around football, I mean, colleges just come out and say it. They're running a stack 335 They're playing five DBs. NFL teams won't really say it, but they're playing nickel 70 to 75% of the time. You better have a nickel that can cover on the inside. And Desmond King strikes me as somebody that has done it before. Oh, and by the way, he's one heck of a return guy, too, if you need him to be. And they've got, I think, two or three guys that they've brought in, Andre Roberts being one, that could be a return guy. John, I kind of like the Desmond King signing um, a lot, actually, to come in and help this secondary.
3: He is still just 26, I think. And when he was with the Chargers, people were really excited about him. He he looked good. And then last year he ended up, I think, Tennessee. Ten- he was in Tennessee. But any corner they get is good. Terrence Mitchell, I don't care who else it is, they got to get some talent there. They got Bradley Roby and they got Keon Crossan and Cornell Armstrong and Vernon Hargraves, and now Desmond King and and about three or four other guys they've signed. So there's going to be a lot of competition. And when they make their first pick in the third round, and it's going to be a position that they need, they're going to say they take the best athlete. They're going to take the best athlete at a need position. And I've thought now for a while, it would be a pass rusher, whether it was an outside guy or somebody who could penetrate up mm-hmm. the middle or cornerback because they have such a need at both those positions. And think about the the competition right now with all these new guys. And safety. Just as safety, you got Justin Reed, Lonnie Johnson, Eric Murray, AJ Moore, Terrence Brooks, and I'm sure there's more. Yeah. And uh so I can't wait. For the off-season program, hopefully there will be an off-season program, but it looks like we will have preseason games. I have hated preseason games forever, especially <laughs> when I started. There were six of them. But no. now with no preseason games last year and such roster turnover yeah. engineered by Nick serio that David Culley and his coaches have to make sure they know how to utilize these guys. I'm pumped about camp. I'm pumped about preseason to see how they are. And uh, they'll still have two fourth-round picks. They won't have the one they got from Arizona. That went to New England in the Marcus right. Cannon deal. Yep. But they'll have New England's. If somebody – they got a four from somebody. New England didn't give them theirs because it's higher than Arizona's. But so I'm guessing it'll be on defense. I don't th- – I still think they're going to sign another. Rec. You know they're going to add receivers. You can get receivers cheap. This is There's so much depth in receiver and free agency and in a draft. Yep. You don't need to be spending money on them. And that's why Will Fuller had to take a one-year deal and why guys like Kenny Galladay and Gigi Smith-Schuster thought they were going to clean up, and they're not.
2: That receiver market that first day when no receiver, no big-name receiver after Godwin and Robinson were franchised by their respective teams – I felt like, man, okay, we'll see. what. Man, this opens things up. Teams are really going to come after these receivers. And there was nobody signed, I think, for the first two days, John. I thought, oh, boy, these receivers are about to get a rude awakening for the market they think is out there but really isn't. And also, like you said, adding on to that, this group of rookie-wide receivers that's common is as good as it was last year. So you know what? As they say, bring on the cheap labor, as opposed to, I got to pay $10 million for, for a guy that I'm not totally sure. I mean, Miami just went with a one-year deal with a guy we watched for five years, not even play 16 games in a year. So, you know, Miami's given up eight figures a year to be able to do that. But that $90 billion contract must have been a sight to see for those those guys. All those guys that signed one-year deals are going, Oh, yeah, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get paid next offseason. General, what did you think was the most um, – I don't know if you got a chance to look at all that that TV deal stuff, but was there anything that stood out to you most about the TV deal that was like, whoa, I didn't see that happening?
3: Uh, No. We knew about Amazon. We knew about the Thursday night package, what was being considered. And uh, I think that uh, that's why everybody wants to own an NFL franchise because even though they lost – they didn't lose money last year, but they took a bath. In home games for obvious reasons about the pandemic. But they make a fortune in TV money. Now, it's not all of a sudden that they're going to go from $295 million a year to 595000000 million. It'll be stair-stepped the way it always is. But, man, to have that, to know as an NFL owner that you have that kind of network security for another 11 years, Ooh. that's great. And if you're going to buy an NFL team, Say, say the McNair family all of a sudden wanted to sell. People line up because they know from that contract, man, we're going to get this money over the next 11 years so I can give you $3 billion. That just made the value of the franchises go up even more. And the next owner, whoever it is that sells, my goodness, we thought that Dave Tepper Carolina, I think, what did he pay, Two point three something like that? Next would be $3 billion.
2: It would be amazing. Unbelievable. General, thank you so very much. I know you got uh, Fighting Baylor Bears basketball on your mind coming up very, very soon. What you got going on in the Chronicle this week?
3: We've got columns. We've got podcasts. We've got stories. A lot of Texans, of course, Rockets, Astros, NCAA. And uh, uh, since you brought it up, I'll tell you this. Sick 'em.
2: There you go. John, thank, thank- you very much there he is john mcclain the hall of famer coming up next it's our hall of famer my boss the voice of the texans mark vandermeer joins us we'll talk about that tv deal as well in addition to a few things the texans did today right here in texans all access
1: touchdown texans radio continues in a moment two is better than one how many
0: times have you heard that one More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. When an unexpected injury or illness occurs, it's important to know where to go for quality care close to home. Houston Methodist Emergency Care Centers and emergency departments offer a full range of care 24-7, 365 days a year for patients of all ages. We are taking extra precautions to keep you safe, isolating suspected coronavirus patients, screening all visitors, requiring masks, and enforcing social distancing. Visit HoustonMethodist.org slash ER to find a location near you spring is finally here and you deserve an upgrade there's no better way to upgrade than with a new hyundai filled with all the latest technology including the digital smartphone key save big on all our hyundai models and get the upgrade you deserve only at the hyundai spring upgrade event get zero percent apr plus co payments for 90 days on the 2021 elantra or get up to two thousand in savings see your local hyundai dealer the official car of the houston texans for well-qualified buyers only offers end 331 21 call 469-613-0227 for more offer details seven for more offer details. Do seven for more offer details.
2: Do seven. On, 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 on,
1: on. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com.
2: Welcome back to this Thursday night edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host tonight, John Harris, football analyst and solid reporter and- it's either myself or my guest sometimes I'm the guest he's the host what's my pal the voice of the texas Lava's, other of the texans I don't know how exactly to say it in spanish I think I got close but I saw it today posted in spanish I was like that's pretty cool Lava's." it is mark vandermeer mark how are you doing I'm sure I butchered that I only got through two years of spanish so that's probably the reason why how are you doing my friend
0: I'm doing great. I think it's La Vos. I think it's an O sound, but yeah. it's close enough, Johnny. And, you know, I always thought, well, wait a minute. Why is it, like, La and not L? Why can't it be El Vos? That sounds better to me, but, yeah. hey, I can't be picky. You know, hey, Karen Carpenter would have said, I want La Vos, because she had one of the greatest female pop voices ever. Should I go down the top ten? No, we'll do that for another show.
2: Okay, well, I want to ask you this, just real fast, since we're on music. Uh-huh. All right, so... I sent you a link, uh, I don't know, about a month, maybe not a month ago, about two, three weeks ago, of this guy. He's got a YouTube channel, and he's a musician of some sort. And so he did, like, all these countdowns. And so there's one that I haven't yet gotten all the way through, but it was the top 20 keyboard openings to a song of all time. Yeah. And so he didn't do that. He's more a guitar, bass player. So he got another uh, pianist to come in or, or keyboard guy to come in. This guy's phenomenal because he plays a lot of the songs. I haven't gotten all the way through. And some that they've got from 10 to 11 to 20 are almost better than some that I've heard earlier. But I haven't gotten to the top five yet. In your opinion, the what do you think is the best keyboard intro to a song? I have one. I don't know that I've heard it yet. I have one. <sighs> You know, it's funny
0: because the guitar one that you sent me, I could go on and on, right? Yeah. The keyboard, I got to think about a little bit more. But, you know, I think about all the great ones like Piano Man by Billy Joel. You know, I'm thinking, um, you know, it just popped into my head. I don't think it's the top five one, but Cold as Ice by Foreigner. Oh, yeah. It just hits it hard. You know, there's so many good ones, and people are going to be killing me, but you put me on the spot. (laughs) Uh, Evil Woman, E-L-O, you know, that that kind of stuff. And I can play those two, by the way, because I can fake piano. People ask me all the time, like, well, you play guitar, (laughs) do you play any?" I can fake piano for about seven minutes, and that's it. That's I like all that. I got is seven minutes
2: of piano material. I can't even fake piano. You'd have to take all the keys away, or I don't know. There'd, there'd be no way. The one I was thinking about was um, uh, the, 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 the separate ways from Journey.
0: Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's that was a good one.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> the one that popped into my head. So uh, hopefully that'll be, I think, in the top eight or so. But uh, I, I was curious because I just started that. I was like, oh, I bet Mark will know. Um, so, yeah, there's some there's some good ones there. Anyways, Mark, we got plenty to talk to us. Uh, we talked to the general in the first segment, and, we I mean, we hit on everything because it's been a week since we talked to him, and, my goodness, seven days in the NFL and all the things that have happened, especially here in Houston, holy smokes. But today I want to start here. Texans release two veterans, Darren Fells and Brian Anger. A, your level of surprise or shock at that, and, B, just your overall thought about what those two guys brought, even in short amount of time being here with the Texans.
0: Well, I think they bro- both brought a nice contribution to this organization. And we've seen punting not go as well as it could. <laughs> yeah. This is an underrated skill sometimes. You know, it's funny because when at times when Texans punting has been a little shaky – I've thought, why can't we get one of those guys? You know, we we'll play playing a certain team some yeah. week, and somebody's booming sixty-yarders with you know the appropriate hang time and hanging punts inside the ten, and I'm jealous. But anger didn't make me jealous of anybody. Anger was real good here. You know, we were spoiled with Leckler for a long time. Yeah. Trevor Daniel had some moments, but he also had some moments he wanted back, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Matt Turk was pretty good. You know, it's funny though because when Chad Stanley punted here, and I love Chad. And he was pretty solid and, you know, he's a good ball handler on holds and things like that. And him and Chris Brown once ran the option on a play that was kind of fun. And that just stands out in my mind. But when we got like a Matt Turk in after having Chad Stanley for a while, I thought, oh, this is different. It's different. And then you get a Leckler and it's very different. You know, he's got control of the ball. So I felt like anger was real good, but I know they saved some money. And, I'm, you know, you just better get somebody. John, you, you know I told my story many times about being at the combine and watching putting tryouts, and <laughs> that was the revelation I had that day, which was, ah, oh, ah. this is why punters last so long. This is hard to do. Yes. These college guys trying to do this pro stuff, not as easy as you would think, especially in college when they do all the rugby punting that they don't want to see in the NFL as much. So uh, I was not surprised but because it happens. But you better replace him with somebody good. And Felsey, look, we love Fels. Played yeah. pro basketball for six years. And we've interviewed him plenty of times over there. I love talking to him about stuff like that, his life, his experiences. And, oh, yeah, holds the all-time tight end TD reception record for the Houston Texans. Solid performer. I'll miss him. But, look, I'm going to trust Nick. In Nick we trust with this yeah. because it wasn't like going to break the bank to keep Felsey – uh, he had a situation here where he could go ahead and make that deal for Ryan Izzo, as you read the reports today, and let's just see how it unfolds. I think they have a plan, and it should be just as good, if not better, as anything they've had lately at that position group.
2: I remember when Fells came into our, our studio, and we were cycling through guys. I think it may have been during OTA offseason time, and and we had just had – or Jordan Thomas was just in, and Fells was coming in behind him, and – Jordan Thomas is like, yeah, we joke with the OG about being the right-right tackle or left-left tackle. And then we asked Fells about it, and he's like, yeah, I, I know what my role is. I know what it's supposed to be. And then the guy went out and set a, a record for tight ends, uh, scoring touchdowns in 2019. It was um, And he may, we should have had one more, uh, but he came up like three or four inches short against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know. But it'll we remembered for the one against the Raiders that, that put us in the lead in that one, you know the one against the Falcons where he went over the guy's head and that was like was he was almost dunking on him, um, and then just kind of held it up there and his safety couldn't touch yep. it. So he was here for you know two seasons, but he will be. I think I think he will be remembered for a long time just for his contributions, and I think for the guys that continue to play that were near him, they'll they'll respect his you know his captain like behavior. It, you know, in that meeting room, and the veteran uh, voice that he brought, I think those two guys will be will be missed. I there's there's a big part of me, if not all of me, that thought I don't know that we're going to see Darren back. Anger, I thought eh, I don't know because to your point about punting, man, you you'd really like to have somebody that you could absolutely count on because you take it for granted until you don't have it. And that's the thing that always kind of worries me about punting. And it was kind of like with Leckler when Leckler was gone, you know, Trevor came on and the first two games that year, he didn't punt well. And it may have, may have cost us in the, in the Tennessee game uh, in 2018 in week two, but then he started kind of getting in a groove and all of a sudden he became a pretty nice asset. Anger came along and it was like, Whoa, wow. This is, this is what we've been missing since Leckler left. So, um, those two guys will will definitely be missed. You mentioned Ryan Izzo, and him coming over from the New England Patriots. That now makes the tight end room: Holly Warren, wearing Jordan Akins, Ryan Izzo, and I don't. Oh, and uh, Paul Quisenberry. I think that's all the. T- I think that's all the tight ends. I know you probably want to bring somebody in as a you know a roster body in some sense for training camp, et cetera. But Mark, do you think they'll dip their toe into the draft at tight end, or do you think that's completely out at this point?
0: Wait, Wait did you say Farrow, though? Did you include Pharaoh in the
2: Faro Brown, man? I forgot about Pharaoh Brown. Yeah. Akins, yeah. Faro Brown, Kahale Waring, Brian Izzo, and Paul Quismer. That's five. I don't know t- that anybody I don't know anybody comes in at that point.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. And you've said many times that it's not a deep tight end class, which also could mean later in the draft, maybe there's somebody you pick up that just fell through the cracks and he could end up making your team. Because we've always talked about this position group as the mystery slash surprise position group where you do get things like Farrell Brown comes in, for instance. When he got on the roster, I thought, all right, what's he going to do? Because we have these other guys, and look, I mean, we want to see Waring do something, and I know it's a different kind of tight end. That's a different brand of tight end you're talking about. But I, I thought, we have enough there. And all of a sudden, Farrell Brown is making plays. You're thinking, this Farrell Brown looks pretty good. And yeah. clearly, they feel that way, too. And Nick knows Ryan Izzo well, so he feels like he can help this football team. So I do think they're okay. I want to ask Jordan Akins how he felt about last season and his performance and was anything wrong? Was he banged up? He probably won't say it, but he just didn't look quite the same down the stretch. Some of the numbers look pretty decent in some of the games, but I expected him to take a bigger leap in 2020. Now, maybe it was just a situation where it wasn't going to happen, all right, based on everything that was going on with the running game and whatever else. uh, Watson throwing the ball to these receivers, but we'll see. I think Aikens has a lot of potential here eager to see the rest of it. But you just brought up a name, Jordan Thomas, who I know we saw with the Patriots for 15 minutes last year uh, when they visited at RG Stadium. And we thought that he might turn into something for this team. It's just, it's a strange position group, like we've said many times. Uh, I'm eager to see how Ryan Izzo works out. I think he can help the team. Uh, but as far as the upside goes, Aiken still has more. You know, there, there is more room to the top of the cup there. And clearly with Waring, there's a ton. You know, So, wearing being a third-round draft choice, I know the current regime didn't draft him, but I'm really looking to see what they think of him. And I think they're dying to get him out there on the field to have a look at what a third-year wearing could possibly look like for this team because he really didn't get much playing time. And you need a little bit more development, well, a lot more development there, but a little bit more exposure to see what the potential is. So, we'll see how it plays out.
2: I know a lot of people will be watching the Texans on TV this year, watching Kahale wearing, and that leads me to the news in the NFL that a $90 billion dollar deal struck over the next nine years, actually starts in 2023, I think is when it, when it comes into fruition. Yeah. $90 billion deal. Mark, here are some of the, the high points. Amazon, exclusive home of Thursday night football. Disney's ABC gets two Super Bowls, 2026-2030. ESPN is retaining Monday Night Football, and after week 12, they have the opportunity to flex games from that week's Sunday slate, giving them more attractive games. ESPN ABC will feature three weeks of Monday Night Football doubleheaders and broadcast select Saturday games. ESPN also gets... A second playoff game to their slate with one division round game and a wild card game. ESPN Plus will have exclusive access to one international series game each season. NBC retains Sunday Night Football and a select number of games available exclusively over the streaming platform Peacock. Fox and CBS both retain their broadcasts, so NFC and AFC Sunday afternoon packages, respectively. Mark, that's a lot. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, NBC Sunday Night Football is the number one show on television, so no surprise there. And I think it's a tremendous deal for NBC, and it always has been. I I think economically that's by far the best package. But ESPN, Disney, I believe that they weren't happy with a lot of the matchups they've been getting on Monday Night Football. They've gotten better in recent years, but now they get the double headers. They get more preferential treatment, obviously, with the flex scheduling capability and to have Super Bowls is monumental. So, great for them, but they're paying more than anybody. Now, Amazon Thursday night, this is intriguing. Yeah, Amazon's going to have your Thursday night football game. Now, let's be clear. If the Texans are on Thursday night football, it'll still be on a local affiliate. Everybody gets to bid. ABC 13 is our partner for the preseason games. I know they'll want to bid for that, but they have network responsibilities. We'll see how that plays out with them. It's been in other places, too, when the Texans have had a Thursday night game. So, That, to me, the Amazon one, is really intriguing because these streaming services, this is the cutting edge of everything. This is old-school broadcast programming you're getting on a streaming service because there are more eyeballs than anything on the NFL. I mean, the number one show is NBC Sunday Night Football. Thursday Night Football on Fox is still a top-ten show, top-five show, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what Amazon sees. Let's bring the eyeballs to Prime. We're going to force more people to buy Prime. This is, you know, if you don't like Amazon, you don't like this deal because this is definitely helping them get more eyeballs, more people to order their service, and they're going to promote all their other shows that they have on Amazon. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or whatever else they have (laughs) promoted heavily during NFL football, so more people watch it. Uh, This stuff intrigues me. I love reading about it. I'm wondering how they're going to do the talent. I haven't read that yet, but uh, this is going to change the way you watch football to have a primetime game exclusively on streaming, get ready.
2: It's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt. Then there was one other little nugget that came out. Apparently, now this has not been uh, confirmed, but apparently the NFL will also move Sunday ticket from DirecTV to ESPN+. Plus. So there was Mm -hmm. a lot of talk in the last probably month to six weeks about ESPN. Hey, they want more with their Monday night package. Well, and Disney got it with the ABC getting two Super Bowls, getting an additional playoff game, the opportunity to flex Monday night games late in the season, and then to get the Sunday ticket package over to ESPN Plus from DirecTV. I would say it's a pretty banner day for for Disney slash ABC slash ESPN as well.
0: Yeah, ESPN Plus to have all that stuff is huge. Uh, the Direct TV package, you know, we all knew that that was going to change hands at some point soon. Now it's available to everybody. Uh, I know Direct TV is, you know, available to everybody, but if you add Xfinity, you're like, I'm not going to cancel my Xfinity for Direct TV just to have the the Sunday ticket package. So this helps. Uh, I don't know what happens with Red Zone, Johnny. I got to get my Red Zone. The Texans, and we've had so many weekends where they're playing on a Thursday or a Monday or whatever, or a Sunday, and you need red zone injected into your veins on a Sunday afternoon. You just got to have it. So uh, we'll see how that works out. The NFL Network puts together that programming with Scott Hansen, et cetera. Uh, It's just a fantastic broadcast exercise, that whole thing is. Uh, But I think, look, it's huge money. All the other sports are watching that the NFL basically doubled its money with its next layer of TV contracts, I remember about five years ago, people were wondering: Are enough people going to be watching TV? Will it matter? Are the ratings, are the uh, rates going to go down? Uh-uh, baby. <laughs> more money for everybody. The players make out. The owners make out. And I think the customer is served because there are more options to
2: watch. Yeah, no doubt. And all those players that signed one-year deals, or in the process of signing one-year deals, are mm-hmm. licking their chops at what could be available next year. Mark, I appreciate you for jumping in. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Thank you, Johnny. There he is, Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. We'll be back. We'll go around the NFL because there's plenty happening, including a new home for Will Fuller. That's next on Texans Access.
1: Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio.
2: Welcome to the show, Texas. This is Ford Truck Month. Get the best deals of the year on
0: the only trucks built Ford tough. Drive home the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Ford F-150, the legendary performer Ford Super Duty, or the adventure-ready Ford Ranger. Work or play, count on Ford trucks to get the job done. But hurry, Ford Truck Month is one show you don't want to miss.
2: Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live poker and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet.
1: Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat.
2: We got one final segment of this Thursday edition. I'm glad I said Thursday because I almost said something else. I'm like, Wednesday? Thursday. I've totally lost on my days, especially if I've been hosting all week. Mark will be back tomorrow to finish up the weekend. It has been, <laughs> woo-hoo, buddy, it has been a wild wild week uh, in and around H-Town. I'm your host John Harris, football analyst silent reporter. Glad to be with you. In the last hour the Texans made another signing this one I actually like in fact Brandon and I were talking about it during the break you asked me whether I I, uh, like the Desmond King signing and absolutely. Desmond King or Mike Hilton. Those are one of the two guys I wanted at nickel now Hilton ended up getting paid by the Bengals. I think it was I said paid PFF did their top 100 free agents and they came up with a projected salary and they had three years 12 million for Hilton I think it ended up being four for 24 so he got paid and he's worth it he is damn good he's smallest guy in the field but he is damn good but he's going to the Bengals but I didn't even think Desmond King would end up being an option and I'm glad that he is. And as I mentioned to John McClain, look, you've got to have a nickel guy now in the NFL. If you don't, forget it. You'll, they will Quarterbacks, opposing offenses will find, oh, man, that nickel can't cover anybody. You're toast. And I think there is a distinct skill set between inside guy and outside guy. I think Vernon Hargraves and Desmond King, although they were all American corners, as I'm putting up my fingers, air quotes you can't see, in college, they're inside guys now. They're nickel guys now. They're nickel. And, and those two, I think, will be in competition. John Reed will be in competition for that inside spot. So they've got to find some outside corners. And the more outside corners they end up finding, then they will be better served by leaving those guys on the inside. Because last year, I think Vernon had to play outside the whole year. That's not where he fits anymore. That's not, that's not his fit. His fit is inside. So is Desmond King. And Desmond can return punts, kicks, whatever you want him to do. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. The Titans found that out the first game. He picked a fumble, took it to the house, and now he's a Texan one year, $3.5 million. Former Texan Nick Martin is now a Las Vegas Raider after Rodney Hudson was traded, the all-pro slash pro bowler, traded to the Cardinals. The Raiders, I, I mean, signing Nick Martin, great. I mean, that's whatever they need to do, That's that's great. But the drop-off from Rodney Hudson and Nick Martin is pretty severe. So congratulations to Nick for getting a deal. But that drop-off, I I mean, yeah, they get a third round in return, but Rodney Hudson's gonna go to the Pro Bowl out with the Cardinals. Just trust me on that. Now that Corey Lindsley is out with the Chargers in the AFC, and you got Hudson over the NFC, he'll end up going to a Pro Bowl. Guaranteed, Rodney Hudson with the Cardinals. But uh your Texans signed Desmond King today. Uh things stay pretty active in all things that are going on throughout the NFL. We'll have that. And then some for you tomorrow. Big thanks to Mark, to the general, John McClain, to Brandon, who's doing a great job in the studio. Great friend and doing an excellent job. You guys are great friends as well, great listeners. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always,
1: go Texans. Oh. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.
3: Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the kids' school program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills. Presented by ConocoPhillips, go Texans!
2: The Houston Texans want your kid to play flag football. We're teaming up with the YMCA of Greater Houston to offer NFL flag football for boys and girls ages six through 11. Flag football is a safe, non-contact way to learn football. This skills-driven sport teaches teamwork, keeps kids physically active and gets the whole family involved. Registration is closing soon, so sign your kids up before it's too late. Visit ymcahouston.org for more info.